Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. We hear the word of the Lord in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. The Bible says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. I want to speak to you this morning from a sermon titled, It's Time to Let It Go. Look at somebody and say, let it go. go. Pray with me. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for this time that you've given us to gather in your name. God, you promised when we gather in your name that you are here with us. So we welcome you. We thank you for being here. And God, I ask you now in Jesus name, Lord, to anoint my mouth and my mind that I would say things that would honor you. God, give us ears to hear what you have to say to us today. Father, I pray for every person in this room, for people listening around the world, God, that you would touch hearts, encourage us today. From your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's time to let it go. For those of you who've been here already this year uh, and, and heard about our theme, every year God gives me a theme for our church to focus on, and our theme for this year is simply, it's time. Say, it's time. It's time to get on with the getting on. It's time to be the men, the women, the young people God has created us to be. It's time. Listen, for some of y'all, it's time to go back to school. For some of y'all, it's time to go to school. For some of y'all, it's time to write that book or even just write something down in a journal. For some of y'all, it's time to write a song or even just write a poem to God. For some of y'all, it's time to start reading your Bible on a daily basis. For some, it's time to, to be what God, listen, God put you on this earth for a reason. And it's time to get on with it. Can you say amen? amen. So we, we're, we're talking about this year, and we're going to focus this year a lot on the fact that it is time. Because here's what I know about time. And it's been written this way in songs and in poems for centuries. Time keeps marching on. Time continues whether we pay attention to it or not. And I've been telling you and telling you and telling you that days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years, and years turn into decades. There are people in this room that that are here for the first time today. I appreciate you coming. We're glad to have you. There are people in this room that have come for weeks. We're glad for that, too. There are people that have come for months. There are people that have come for years. And there are people who are in their second decade of being in this church. Is that right? That's a fact. So nobody thought. Now, I got to think. um, I don't know. You still keeping track of it? You're behind Stacy still. You can't get in front of her. Green. You're always telling me, you know, here's elder in the church. Long, long, longest, longest, stand, longest standing 
uh, elder in our church, and, 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 it, and this is the kind of conversations he, he comes up to me with. You know, Pastor, if the Mills family and Stacy's family quit coming, we'd be the longest standing members in the whole church. <laughs> I think we've had that conversation. <laughs> Y'all don't even count. Yeah, listen. Uh, the fact that 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 that's my biological sister doesn't change the fact that they moved all the way from Steamboat Rock, Iowa, to come join the ministry of the Lord's Church, and because uh, they felt God leading them to be here. But um, anyway, how do we get on that? It is time. Uh, when you when you start fifteen years, yeah. Uh, may, well, it's going to be year 20 this year, so probably 17, somewhere in there. Um, but, yeah, so 17 years this year. Uh, there's no way you could have known when, when, you, when you snuck in the door of Abundant Life Christian Fellowship almost 17 years ago. Uh, I'm just going to plant my life there, plant my family there, raise my children and my grandchildren there. Um, but guess what? Time just kept moving. Time just kept moving, and it just kept going. And for every one of us, I want, if you don't get anything out of today, get this. Time is going to keep going on whether you recognize it or not. One day you're going to get to a place where, where some of us have already gotten to, uh, where you look around and wonder, where did all the time go? You start looking in the mirror, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Trust me, I already know who you are. I can look out. I ain't. Uh, I ain't stupid. I just look this way. I can look out across the room and know where well, they're in that age group. Uh, they already have experienced it. But uh, when you get to the point where you look in the mirror and you're like, who is that? Looking back. How many, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I, I didn't. And, and, but see, because here's the thing. In our minds, we, we're, still, we're still young and on point. We, 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 John's like, you know, that's right. John looks in the mirror and he sees hair. <laughs> Ty, listen, from the youngest to the oldest, you better recognize that you're never going to get this day to do over again. And so I want us to start making the most of the time we have because Jesus said you got to work while it's day because there's a day coming when no one can work. This is the only possible chance. We're never going to have January of 2021 to do over again. We are never going to have January 17th to do over again after this day. And it is time for us to rise up and exalt the Lord. Can five people say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Today, in keeping with that theme, I want to talk about uh, some things that we need to let go of. Now, when I say it's time, uh, one, one verse in the King James Version says, it is now high time. Uh, another translation says, it is now past the time. Uh, listen, some of these things should have already happened in our lives. Amen? But because they haven't, God is gracious, and I thank God he's not the God of the second chance. He's the God of another chance. And because you're still alive and breathing and you're still on this planet, there is still time for you to do what God has called you to do. You ought to say amen to that. But it's time 
to let it go. I believe that there are some things that every person in this room needs to let go of. And if we had enough time, if you were patient enough, because I got nowhere else to be, but I know some of y'all, y'all got something to do. So I ain't going to keep you here all day. But if I was going to keep you here all day, I'd just start with Aisha and go around the whole room. What, what do you need to let go of? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to let go of? Now, let me tell you, things that are weighing you down, you need to let go of. You, there, there's, there's a phrase, I always forget what it is. What, what is it when the truck don't have anything in it? When they're running, coming back, they call it he's running something. Bobtail. Bobtail. Uh, if a truck's running down the road heavy, full, freighted down, um, then that is a whole different experience than when he's dropped off all that weight and he's coming back bobtail. He's using less power. He's using less gas. He stops easier. He starts easier. Movement is better. It's hard to move through life when you're weighted down. And I want to tell you something. If you would just let go of what God never intended for you to hold on to, you will find out it is easier for you to move through life. It's easier for you to get up and get going. Stop when you're supposed to. Go when you're supposed to. Turn, move, and pivot when you're supposed to. But there's some things that we need to let go of. I want to talk to you today about lightening your load by getting rid of some things. Because if... If, if I had my weight-o-meter, I'm not talking about a weight scale. I keep a, I, I got all these imaginary o-meters at my house. And, uh, you know, sophisticated people say ometer. It's an o-meter. Uh, if, if I had my weight weighted down o-meter, I could just start with Deacon West and hang it around his head and, and see how, how, how's, how's that weight o-meter. Not, not your, your, your body weight, but the weight that you're carrying. And I promise you, if we could be honest in the room today, there's some people who you already know. You, you are weighted down with life, weighted down with burden, weighted down with fear. Weighted down with anxiety, weighted down with anger, weighted down with unforgiveness, weighted down with issues. And here's the thing. Some of those things, just going to be. Uh, We're we, we going to get up tomorrow and America's still going to be a racially divided country. But abundant life still going to keep loving God in every shade and every melanin. Amen. We're going to get up tomorrow and America's still going to be a politically divided country. But, but we, we're going to get up every day for the rest of our lives, and abundant life is going to realize that the only king we have that we can put our trust in is Jesus, and his throne never changes. But there's just some things, weight, that you can't shed. We, we, we live in a country with a lot of problems, amen? We, we, we can't shed everybody else's problems. And, and, and here, here's the crazy thing. Uh, there, there were people, honestly, when Donald Trump got elected, that thought he was going to fix everything. I told y'all that wasn't going to happen. Uh, there are people that think Joe Biden is going to fix everything. I'm telling y'all now, that's not going to happen. Uh, I, I hope that things get better, but I can tell you, the only person I trust to, to lead anything is Jesus. So uh, we can't fix things that are outside of our control, but I can tell you this, the stuff that you are choosing to hold on to, that you carry with you, it slows you down. Now, you can look at me and tell my body's built for comfort and not for speed. I'm better on the couch than I am on a treadmill. Anybody else? 
Uh, I, I, I'm better in a recliner than I am running around a track. Uh, but I can do a little running. I actually did a lot of running in the Army. We ran two miles every day, five miles on Friday. I hated every breath of it, every step of it. Uh, but when I got out of the Army, I decided uh, I'm not running anymore. I used to say when I was younger, the only reason I run is if a dog's chasing me. Now I just take my chances. I'm 220 pounds. It better be a big, angry dog. I'll kick him in his mouth. Uh, but I could run a little bit if I had to, but I probably can't outrun every person in this room. Bob will get you after church, though. He, you, you agree. Too. I love when people agree with the preacher. That was too much right there. Uh, Okay, well, let's just, let's just take that on. We got an athletic young man right here. Now, now maybe in fantasy world, he'd catch me in a run. He, he, he whooped me in a run. Uh, let's, let's just say he could beat me in a 40-yard dash. Jury's out on it, but let's say he could beat me in a 40-yard dash. Now, how many of y'all believe if we put a piano on his back, and, and, and I'm not carrying anything but myself, that he could still beat me in a 40-yard dash? Some of y'all be like, mm -hmm. You got that back, Pastor. You got that broke neck issue you're dealing with. Uh, well, what if we put two two refrigerators and a piano on his back? Well, we don't even have to go that far. What if we just put Deacon West on his back, <laughs> choking him? See, when you're carrying weight that's choking you out, hear me good. You can't move through life easy. It's hard. It slows you down. It weighs you down, and I want you to get something out of today. I do not. Well, listen, we're not that kind of church anyway. I, I try to stay in more of a teaching mindset than in a hyping you up mindset because too many people will leave church today, and they will call people, and they will tell each other at lunch, and they'll meet people. Oh, Lord, pastor was preaching Sunday. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He was preaching. Well, what was he preaching about? I don't know, but he would turn it up. That doesn't benefit you. That's just, that's a show. That's antics. I want you to get something from our meeting together. I want you to learn. The Bible says with all you're getting to get understanding, I want you to understand that you can let go of some things. Now, how many of y'all know if it's deep, it'll, it'll try to crawl back on you? How many of y'all know it's not always a one-time event? It, 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 it's like quitting something, quitting a habit. So, sometimes you got to quit it 100 times or 200 times or every day. Uh, but I want you to begin to learn how to let go of what you can let go of because we need to be moving through life with less weight on our shoulders, less strain on our backs, and less things weighing us down. Listen to our text in Ephesians 4, 31. This is not an option. This is, this is not uh, something to take lightly. This is a command from the Lord our God. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of of evil behavior. Six things as I see right there in that verse, and I want us to take them as we move through them. I've always told you, and I'm going to keep telling you every week, when you read the Bible, pay attention to the punctuation. 
That punctuation is there for a purpose. It will perfect your understanding. When you see a comma, that is cause for pause. When you see a colon, an exclamation point, a question mark, pay attention to the punctuation. It'll help you to understand what the Scripture is telling you. And we're going to look at this bite by bite. We want to chew it, digest it, get it down on our system, learn from it, and not just learn from it, but apply it to our lives so we can walk on obedience. The God of all heaven told us to get rid of how much bitterness? Okay, well, we could just stop right there and go into invitation time, get on, get on the altar, uh, and, and just try to let God work that out of us. Because here's the thing. If these things were easy, they wouldn't be in the Bible. If these things were easy, God would not have had to inspire the Apostle Paul to talk to the Christians at a city called Ephesus in the first century and tell them to get rid of these things. Now, before we get into these six things, I, I want you to do some thinking with me because we're a Bible church and we want to understand the Word of God so we can obey the Word of God. But God is talking to Christians in this fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians and he's telling them to get rid of, listen, some pretty nasty stuff. So I want you to, I just need my Bible geniuses in the room real quick. I want my Bible geniuses in the room to tell the rest of us, why would God tell saved, sanctified, fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost people in the first century at the church of Ephesus, why would God tell Christians to get rid of these vile things? Because they got it. Now, if they got it, guess who else got it? Stop thinking that Christians are people who are perfect. Stop thinking that Christians are exempt from all. Come to Jesus and you'll be perfect. It's not in the Bible. Come to Jesus and all your problems will go away. It's not. I wish more pastors would teach the truth instead of these lies, these con artists on TV and the radio pretending to be preachers. Are to, uh, come sow a seed right now. Just give. I, God calling you to give $25. Some of y'all could give $50. Some of you, God wants you to give a $100 seed right now. Sow where you want to go. You got to sow up to go up. And you got to go up to grow up. And if you just reach deep right now by faith and take that money out of your pocket and release it into the kingdom of God, God going to give you double for your trouble. Do y'all know that message is being vomited across churches all over the country right now? People are hearing that foolishness. And, and, and here's the thing. They're selling hope. They're selling a lottery ticket. They said, well, maybe if I just give today, all my troubles were going to go away. Listen, I'm going to ask you to give in a minute because God said on the first day of the week, bring your offering to him. But I'm not going to promise you double for it. You might get double the trouble. People, people, and, and this is why honest pastors have to spend so much time counseling people who, who come, listen, and it's okay. You can come. I got Kleenex in my office. Come to my office. Cry, and, 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 and we'll work it out, but I, I'll help you. You won't even have to spend the gas money to come up here on a Tuesday night for a free counseling session from the pastor. I'll help you, save you 
I just don't know why, Pastor. I love the Lord. <laughs> I try and I'm I, 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 I believe in God, but everything in my life is not perfect, and everything in my kids' lives is not perfect, and, and sometimes life is difficult for me. <laughs> Welcome to life. Nothing in this Bible says because you love the Lord and because you're saved that you're not going to have any struggle and your kids are not going to go through anything. That's not promised by God. Let me just help you understand what's promised by God. Get saved and you don't have to go to hell forever. More than two people ought to be. Hey, that's worth everything. So... There's, there's, stop thinking that Christianity is, is going to make everything perfect in your life. Listen, getting saved is the beginning. Say the beginning. There's growth that comes after that. There's, there's mountaintop experiences and there's valleys and, and there's good days and bad days and happy days and sad days. You don't have to take my word for it. Read the Bible. Look at the saints in the Bible. Look at the apostles. Look at the prophets. Look, look, look at Jesus. Jesus went through hardship. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, Pastor Scott, but my, it's just been some hard days lately. Jesus didn't do anything wrong, and he had some hard days. Christianity is not designed just to, I'll give my life to the Lord so I, I, I can have perfection and, 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 and just eternal bliss forever. It don't work that way. The only person that has bliss uh, every day is Ashley and Jordan. Y'all don't get how funny that is, but Ashley got it. You can ask her after the service. You don't. That's not what we come to Christ for. We come to Christ so we can have a personal relationship with God. But most of us have been in this thing for a minute. We understand there's still ups and downs. There's still growth process. There's still people to deal with. Listen, if we could all just sit on a mountaintop and sing hallelujah, and, and you know, people just fan us and, and feed us grapes as we lay back in recliners, then, then that, that would be easier, but that's not the real life. Let's, let's get into so, some real life stuff. The fact that God told these people and he's telling us to get rid of these things, number one, says that Christians have these things. If you, you, the first step in solving a problem is identifying it. And you got to take ownership of it. And then you got to work on getting rid of it. And the Bible tells us as Christians, number one thing, get rid of all what? Bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness. Now, I'm not going to be here all day teaching out these words. I'm going to just share some things and keep it moving. Listen, let me tell you something I know about bitterness. Bitterness causes hostility and negative energy. Bitterness causes hostility and negative energy. Anytime you feel yourself feeling hostile towards someone, there may be bitterness at play. There's other reasons that can create that, but there may be bitterness at play. Anytime you feel yourself experiencing negative energy, there could be bitterness at play. And I want to tell you something, life's too short to be wasting energy on negativity. You say, so what am I supposed to do, Pastor? Just, just you know, do like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, click my heels together. Uh, what did she say when she clicked her heels? Did she, was there a magic spell? There's no place like home. Uh, she, that, that don't work. You just can't say, you know, no more bitterness. 
I get rid of bitterness. I just get rid of all bitterness. I'm bitter free. Well, if it was that easy, God wouldn't have had to waste page in the Bible. He didn't waste page. He wouldn't have had to take page in the Bible and put this down there. Listen, these things require the Lord's help. And sometimes you let it go. How many of y'all know it sneaks back up on you? Sometimes you let go of something. And listen, you need to come honest with God. The Bible says we are all naked before him with whom we have to do. What that means is God is our judge, and you can't hide behind your excuses. You can't hide behind, well, what I've been through, what she did to me. Listen, God said get rid of how much bitterness? All bitterness. Listen, some of y'all, here's the the scary part. You know you're bitter. And you're just like, hmm, you work on you, I work on me. How about we let God be God and do what he called us to do? The Bible says to let go or to get rid of all bitterness. I don't have a magic wand to wave over you to take your bitterness from you. But what I do have is this holy book and the God of this book that told us to get rid of it. And I do not believe that God is the type of God who would command us to do something that was impossible to do. Uh, some of y'all remember when your kids were little, you'd play hide and seek, um, and, but you always made yourself findable. When you're playing hide and seek with a three-year-old, you didn't tell him, count to 100, and you go sneak up in the attic, pull the, pull the door up behind you to where they never have a chance to find y'all. You made yourself findable for your small children. When Listen, you hide your money better than you hid yourself from your three-year-old. Because a good father, a good parent uh, doesn't make the child, ask the child to do something that's impossible. Some of y'all do, do Easter eggs. Listen, I ain't mad at Easter eggs. That ain't my tradition. I, I don't, I'm not painting a bunch of uh, eggs. I, I, I did like them deviled eggs, though, yesterday, though, Joyce. That was off the chain. I'm not painting eggs and hiding them. But go if you ever go to an Easter egg hunt where they got two-year-olds hiding it, uh, listen, they got them everywhere. I'm like, how is this a hunt? They're stepping on them. Oh, oh, there's another one. There's another one. Listen, you, if you really, if you hiding something from, if you were hiding those eggs from a burglar, you'd be digging mulch up, putting them under the mulch. You hide stuff from kids that are findable when you're playing like that with them, when you're asking them to go find something because you love them. God loves us. He's not asking us to get rid of something that we can't get rid of. So here's what I want to do. I want to take away the excuse that the devil has you leaning on by telling you that I've tried and I can't. Hear what I'm telling you this morning. You can. Look at somebody and say, I can. You can do what God commands you to do. Hear me. If you trust God to help you. If God, let let me just ask ask you this, and some of y'all won't participate, but let me ask you this. If God helped you get rid of your bitterness, could you get rid of your bitterness? Amen. There is no doubt about it. Some people say, well, I don't have bitterness because I'm holy. Well, you got pride, and that's just different. But everybody's got something. The second thing on this list is rage. Say rage. Rage. Now, I can tell you the same thing about rage 
as I told you about bitterness, it causes hostility and negative energy too. Uh, and, and different people have different rage for different reasons. Uh, so some of y'all, you know, y'all have already heard about Elder Jimmy. I had people, after you preach that message, I had people tell me, I just don't even want to be on the same road with him. I'm just not. I'm just not. Elder Jimmy drives a big old F-250 carrying thousands of pounds of, of lumber materials, fence-building materials with him. And he's like, I just want to crash into him and drive my truck right over him. <laughs> See, that truck come and get out the way. How, how many of y'all think Elder Jimmy might be having a little bit of road rage? Yeah, hallelujah. He said, that's a little bit. Hey, listen, I ain't, I ain't no stranger to that myself. That's why I've told my kids, do not lay on the horn at anybody for any reason other than they're about to just crash into you headlong. Somebody, listen, if you're sitting behind me and I zone out, hear me, I'm old. Okay, I, I, I might have fell asleep. You don't have, eh! oh, that goes up my neck. How many of y'all don't like that long horn honk? Listen, that bring out my PTSD, and it might bring out some weapons too. All it takes is a little, listen, in a hurry, people. All it takes is a nice little beep, beep. Practice that at home. Beep, beep. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm saved, sanctified, fire, baptized, filled, holy. I love Jesus. I have opened my door and got out. Pastor in this church. And what? You ain't helping me. Would you like to come to a life? Take me out of my Holy Ghost. Free driving lessons for y'all. Stop. Hey, Florida is a right to carry a weapon state. Don't, hey, don't, hey you should have learned. Everyone in this room old enough. You should have learned by now. Don't start none what? Get off that horn on me on 103rd Street. There's enough killing going on already. But whether it's road rage Old rage, new rage, internal, external rage, that thing that just... Uh, I mean, some of y'all old enough, I ain't talking about this new foolishness. I ain't talking about this new age uh, incredible Hulk. I'm talking about 1970s incredible Hulk. Y'all know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm talking about Dr. Bruce Banner. I'm, I'm talking about that, that TV show that if you're over 50, you watched when you were little. The real incredible Hulk. Look it up. You can YouTube it. They had that intro uh, come on, the, the, the introduction to the show, and they always caught him in that one part where he tells the guy, don't make me angry. Right? You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm thinking, now, see, my brother knows a little something about race. So y'all know y'all, some of y'all got that green monster inside you. You got that rage, somebody push your buttons, and it's coming out. Be like, how in the world? She went from a good Christian, decent woman. I thought she was a church. Rawr! 
your experience, what you've been through, what they did to you, how you got this way, does not excuse you from obeying God's command when he said to get rid of rage. Now, how many of y'all think Pastor Scott has perfected all these things he's going to talk about today? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody got me on a pedestal. Nobody worshiping me. Nobody thinks I'm the greatest human being. And praise the Lord, I never wanted you to. We only come here to put Jesus on a pedestal and worship him. He's got all this figured out. The rest of us are a work in progress. Think, don't think you're going to call the church and, and well, I think I, I think I should make the church aware that Pastor Scott is not perfect. I think I'll call the church elders and, and let them know that, that uh, I, I saw him hard-eyeing somebody on a hunt. Listen, you honked that horn hard at me. I ain't, I ain't all the way delivered yet. Pray for me. But I am telling you what God is telling me. We got to get rid of these things. Amen? Get rid of that rage. You say, how? What am I just going to say no more rage? It doesn't work that way. You got to pray about it. You got to recognize it. You got to ask God, God, please let me, please help me not just to be a rage monster. I heard a comedian one time. He was just going off, and his wife said, I think you struggle with some anger issues, Bill. That's, that's, that's how white people talk. Um, don't be, it's, it's okay, white people. I, I know you don't all talk. Everybody don't talk like that. That's just my, my corny white voice. I think you have some anger issues, Bill. And, 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 and so Bill looked at her, and he said, yeah, I know. I'm like, well, that volume just told on you. But then he said something that resonated with me. Sadly, it resonated with me. It shouldn't, but it did. And he said, this isn't who I am. This is who I became. Isn't that? And for some of us, that rage monster, that's not who you are. That's not who God put you on this planet to be. That bitter person, that's not who you are. Maybe you've been that way for so long that you think that's who you are. Listen, these are, these are, this isn't who God made us to be. This is sometimes just what we became. And that's why you got to let go of it. And that's why you got to get rid of it so you can begin to unload all these burdens off of you and be who God wants you to be. The third thing he tells us to get rid of is anger. Say anger. Now, these things all are driving a common path so far. So many of these things resonate together because bitterness can bring out rage, even though some people process differently. Uh, listen, I like upfront, open people. I've told y'all about my mom. I, I, I love so many things about my mom. My, my mom is too honest to play games. My mom is too sincere, and, and she is too straight. My mom is a straight shooter. If you wonder where I got who I am, uh, I got all of that from my mom. I, I, I got everything that's in me from my mom and Jesus, okay? And, and you can tell which was which. But some of it overlaps. But you never have to try to figure out where you stand with my mother. 
If she loves you, she's good at showing you that she loves you. If she don't trust you, she'll just look at you. I need you to know that I know that you know that I know that you know that I know. You're shady. I don't think my mom makes a great poker player. She's too honest. She, 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 she's not bluffing her way through, through life. And, but, and, and I, I like that. I love to know where I stand with a person. Some of y'all passive-aggressive people, y'all bring out my rage, bitterness, and anger. Because passive-aggressive people, people mad at you but want to act like they ain't. Who taught you that level of evil? You're mad at the world, but you're walking through like, good to see you today, Deacon West. I like those socks. And the whole time they're thinking, oh, I'd just cut his head off if I could. They, they th- they th- they're thinking like uh, my boy Bernie Mac. Oh, if I had a rock, I'd bust your head. Y'all don't remember Bernie Mac. Catch up. That passive-aggressive person still has anger. And it, it, it really is doing worse for them eternally. And listen, let me, let me just jump to the punchline because some of y'all fading on me. Listen, God is not telling us to get rid of these things to hurt us. These things are hurting us. God is telling us to get rid of these things to free us, to lighten our load. And it doesn't matter why you have anger. That's between you and the Lord. It doesn't matter why you have bitterness, why you have rage, who put this on you, what life did to you, who you can blame, how you can justify. God didn't say get rid of it unless it's somebody else's fault. It's almost always somebody else's fault. We've all been through stuff that, that created dysfunction in us. And God says to get rid of it. I'm not going to have time to give you the how-to of everything today, but I want you to at least get to the place where you recognize the things in you that you need God to help you get rid of. Number four, harsh words. Harsh words. Get rid of... Now, why would God tell Christians to get rid of harsh words? Mm. Get rid of harsh words. Uh, we, we lived in a country, I grew up in a country that believed in freedom of speech. I grew up in a country where you just say what was on your mind. I grew up in a country where y- you had a right to your opinion and I had a right to mine. Uh, and, and sadly, the country I'm talking about is America. Because now with cancel culture out there and thought police out there and PC police out there uh, telling you what you can and can't say. They're trying, they're trying to turn America into something that, that doesn't believe in, in freedom of speech. Listen, I'm not talking about crazy people. Now, if I say something, now, now some of y'all know, and, and, and this ain't something I'm proud of, but it, it just is what it is. Some of y'all know, if I really flip my lid, I could say some hard things to you. And if I've said hard things to you in, your, in, in, in our interaction, I'm sorry for that. That wasn't me letting Jesus live through me. That was just me being uh, too much of me and not enough of God. Uh, but I'm not talking about 
harsh words compared to today's standard. I'm talking about harsh words biblically, what God would call harsh words. Because now, uh, with, with this uh, cancel culture out there, with this triggered, ah, you, uh, microaggression crowd. Listen, I ain't talking about microaggression. I, I, I think uh, he told me good morning. But what I think he meant, uh, you're just crazy in your head. Stop, stop going on with that easily triggered, easily offended. I'm not talking about somebody. T- they're, they're, you can see them on YouTube. You, and listen, let me say up front, I had no problem uh, with, 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 with gay people. I had no problem with uh, LGBTQF, GPIC, LD, X, and W. None of them. That whole alphabet crowd, listen, they, 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 they are no worse off than, than bitter people. They are no more sinners than angry people. Uh, the Bible says you broken one commandment, you're guilty of breaking them all. God, all sin is the same in God's mind. But... This easily triggered crowd, you can YouTube and see people uh, in the LGBTQ, F, Y, Z, double X, P, and S crowd uh, that if, if you say, I believe um, in a man and a woman getting married together, you hate me. You're calling for violence on me. You want death on me. Your words are evil. You're... Those words aren't harsh words. Those words are opinion. I'm not talking about opinion words that somebody else uh, takes as harsh. Now, when, when, I, when I remind Deacon West, if we're sitting down eating rice and beans, or we're sitting down eating chips and salsa, if we're sitting down eating a burger, whatever, if I remind him that the Gators are just better than the Seminoles, that's just, that's not harsh words. That's not harsh words. How them Seminoles lately? <laughs> They're horrible. But in his heart, he's just doing this. Um, that's not, the opinions are not harsh words. If, if you're easily triggered by, by someone giving you their opinion, uh, they're, they're, call, they're calling now, listen, they're calling now, uh, there's a, a, a congressman who has written legislation, it ain't going to pass, it's just stupid, but uh, one day it might, written legislation to take away children from all Trump voters. They're, they're, he's calling for a census to any family that voted for Donald Trump to take children out of their home. And listen, this is right out of Nazi Germany. To put them in reindoctrination camps because their parents have brainwashed them into being racist and hateful people. Now, maybe some have, but let me tell you this. You, you want to take away someone's child from them because maybe the parent brainwashed them? Guess what that's saying you want to do to them? Brainwash them back in the other way. Now listen, if a if, if the government can take away the Republican children from them to put them in camps to teach them this way of thinking, guess what's going to happen four years, eight years, or 12 years from now? They're going to be able to, th- and that's why I'm never for either side taking away rights from anybody. Because if they can do it on, on their side when they're in charge, then they can do it to, uh, uh, to us when, when we're not getting our people in there. You understand what I'm saying? Harsh words are, I, I know people, I, I've, I've seen people get mad at me when, when they ask me, am I for a woman's right to choose? I am, listen, hear me, I am 100% for a woman's right to choose what color shoes to wear? I'm 100% for a woman's right to choose what she wants to eat for lunch. 
breakfast, dinner, and snacks. I am 100% for a woman's right to choose why, the way she wants to wear her hair and how much makeup she wants to cake on her face. But I'm not for baby killing. I'm just not. No worse of a sin than not reading your Bible, but I'm not for that either. But I've seen people get, they think that I'm saying harsh words if I say I'm pro-life. Saying you're pro-life is not harsh words, okay? And that's just one example. Don't get focused on that. I want you to see the difference between harsh words and words that you disagree with. If I say something you disagree with, that might not necessarily make what I said harsh words. But there are words that can hurt people. We, We grew up. People my age and older, we grew up in a world where we really believe sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. Now, we understood there are words that can hurt, but we just wasn't as thin-skinned and as easily triggered as this current group of folk out there. But what I want to tell you is words can hurt people, and be careful with your words. Get rid of harsh words. Learn how to talk to people in, in, in a different way. And if that's not your issue, then let's keep moving. Fifth thing. God tells us to get rid of is slander. Now, slander, and this, this is where some people get it wrong. Slander is slander even if it's true. People think, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not slandering Deacon Dixon. I'm telling the truth. Listen, if you repeat something about somebody for the purpose of harming their reputation, you will have slandered them. And whether it's true or not, who are you to be out there broadcasting somebody else's dirt? Remember this, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. The Bible says love seeks to cover an offense. Evil seeks to expose an offense. You, y'all, y'all know, son, you don't come to church. And every Sunday morning, we gather together with the deacons and the elders, and we meet in my office, and, and, and we catch up, touch base, and, and pray together. She don't come in there every week and just lay him out. She just don't come in there and just, well, let me tell y'all about y'all Sergeant Major Deacon Dixon real quick. <laughs> She's laughing. They ain't like, they ain't, hey, listen, if, if he had all that on him, he wouldn't be a deacon in the Lord's church. So don't get your mind holy, okay? This is an example. If I, if, I, if I use your name as an example, I don't think you're guilty. Uh, if I just look past you and don't, don't make eye contact with you, you're the one. Uh, <laughs> I just can't keep exposing my tricks to y'all. Stop thinking because it's true, you have a right to repeat it. The Bible commands us not to repeat a matter. And some of y'all just live for slander. I don't have time to talk to y'all about the psychology behind uh, the crab pot that we live in where people try to pull down the one that's climbing. Stop trying to pull down the one that's climbing. Stop trying to drag somebody else's down. It is shameful, but it is a human condition that there is a brokenness in the human psyche in some people that cause them to believe if I can just make Dina look bad, it'll make me look better. It doesn't. Hear me when I tell you this. You bad-mouthing Greg, trying to, t- trying to say something bad about Greg, thinking that's going to exalt Ella. It doesn't work that way. It, listen, 
To us that love the Lord, it makes you look like the bad guy. Get rid of slander. I don't remember what TV show it was on, probably in Living Color, because half my mind jammed up in that, still in that show. Especially the Homeboy Shopping Network, but I got to try to free myself and stay on point because it's getting late. Uh, I don't know what show it was, but some, some woman was, was a big gossip, and she'd be like, well, you know, I don't like to repeat myself, or I don't like to repeat things about other people, so hear me good the first time. <laughs> some of y'all are stuck as repeaters, as slanderers. You just love the juice. You just love the juice. You, you check on people. Just to load up your juice wagon. I just call in to check on you, huh? Mm, oh, well, while we're talking, did you hear? Oh, Lord, did you hear? Did you hear, did you hear about so-and-so? Did, did you hear what Miss Cheryl did? Mm. Well, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't one to repeat things, but hear me good the first time. Stop doing it. Get rid of it you got to identify these issues if you even hope to get rid of them. Number six, God put the catch-all on you. All types of evil behavior. Now, if you study this passage, and I encourage you to, if you study this passage, you'll find out that these verses, uh, these things inside this verse are connected um, contextually in the Greek language uh, by calling them all evil. E the evilness of this, the evilness of that. It's evil to slander. It's evil to have rage. It's evil to be bitter. It's evil to use harsh words. Um, this evil behavior is, is, is contextualized in the original language in all five of the things that preceded this sixth thing. So God wraps it up because uh, maybe he didn't get to your issue. But everybody in this room has some type of evil behavior. And we need to get rid of it. So I want you to figure out today, this week, listen, it's time for you to figure out what one, two, three, four, five, and six of these things that you have on a regular basis and begin to ask God. Because listen, it ain't a heel clicking thing. It ain't a magic wand thing. You're going to have to ask God to help you. If we could fix ourselves, we'd all be fixed. If we could get rid of these things easily, we wouldn't still be holding on to them. These things attach to us. That's why you shouldn't play with evil. That's why you shouldn't play with wrong emotions. That's why, see, because you, you start thinking about something, and then you begin to dwell on it. And then you find yourself dwelling on it more and more. And what, what used to just trip you up a little bit in your walk with Christ now has become a stronghold in your life that has you chained down. And we got to learn how to recognize the issues that we have and ask God to bring deliverance in our life. Verse 32 in our text says, instead. Okay, so there is a remedy coming. There, there is an alternate plan coming. Instead of all that evil, in verse 31, God said, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Three things, and we're out of here. Inside this verse, number one thing he said, instead of all that other stuff, he said, be kind to each other. Now here, you, you can just focus on that right there. If you ain't heard anything, if you didn't get anything, this is the word of the Lord. Be kind. 
Be kind to each other. Well, I'm kind to who kind to me? Because you're evil, unsaved, and don't understand Christ. God said be kind to each other. Well, they don't deserve kindness. Listen, neither do you, and neither do I. Nobody deserves kindness but God. All of us are faulty, flawed human beings, but God still commands us to be kind to each other. Then the second thing he said, be tenderhearted. Tenderhearted uh, speaks to a softness and a gentleness. You need, to, you need to soften it up a little bit, sir, ma'am. You need to be more tenderhearted. You, you need to be more empathetic. You need to realize that uh, people are going through. And maybe they need some compassion for you. Maybe they need some tenderness. Maybe they just need some space. Listen, everything about natural living is the opposite of what God wants. You better stay in your lane. Nothing tender about that. You you better back off, get in your lane, mind your business. Nothing tender about that. But God tells us to be tenderhearted. Listen, life will make you less than tenderhearted. Hardship will make you less than tender-hearted, and we need God to help us do what God has commanded us to do. The third thing he said, forgiving one another. And here's your practical exercise for today, this week, this month, the rest of your life. Learn how to be a forgiver. Not for people who deserve it. Not for people who, who uh, you think you should. Forgive one another. Not if they begged you, not if you think they've changed. Forgive one another. God tells us over and over to forgive one another. In Romans 12, 10, the Bible says, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. How how are we going to love each other for real and honor each other if we only do that for people who are awesome? Not that many awesome people in the world. We got to love everybody. We got to honor everybody. Colossians 3.13 says, make allowance for each other's faults. Why do we have to make allowance for each other's faults? Because we all have them. Make allowance. Well, she did blah, 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 blah. Well, you're supposed to make allowance for that. And forgive anyone who offends you. Hmm. Hmm. Pastor Scott said black lives matter. Is a terrorist organization founded by transgender lesbians who are promoting an anti-family agenda. Well, the Black Lives Matter website says that. The founder of Black Lives Matters will tell you that her primary concern is for transgender women of color. I just don't believe he should have said that. Well, listen here. Hater, make allowance for me. If I offended you, forgive me. I had to tell some people. Everybody got mad. Listen, there are some horrible cops out there. And this country has done horrible things to people of color and harassed people of color for no reason other than racism and hatred that didn't deserve it. But I had to tell some people on that plate killing, 
Them cops ain't going to jail because he had a knife on him. Google, uh, I forget what his last name uh, Jacob Blake, Google, Google, Google the, the man that got shot seven times in the back and lived. Uh, Google his Good Morning America appearance this week. They asked him, Michael Strahan, ex-NFL uh, New York Giant football player, uh, asked him, did you have a knife? He said, oh, yeah, I had a knife in my hand when they shot me. I, 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 was, try, I was trying to throw it down. Try, yeah, that, that's his theory. Trying to put it in his car. Listen, newsflash, a little help right now. If you got a knife and you got three cops with guns on you and that knife's in your pocket, don't think, oh, let me pull this thing out and put it in the car. Not going to happen like that. They just shot another unarmed man. Uh, by his word, on Good Morning America, he was not unarmed. Now, see, I say that, why? Because nine people in the room, he just, I don't like it when he says stuff like that. Well, let me just refer you to God's word. winds you all up and get in your feelings over who? A dude who was a sexual molester had raped his own girlfriend was armed when they shot him? You mad at me over that dude? You ain't even trying. Forgive anyone who offends you. Well they offended me. Well good. Praise the Lord. Forgive them. I ain't gonna. They need to change. So do we all. But the Bible says forgive anyone who offends you. Why? How can we do that? This way, by remembering the Lord forgave you. God didn't wait till you got perfect to forgive you. God didn't wait till you have no issues to forgive you. God didn't wait till you straightened up every area of your life to forgive you. And he says so you should kind of try to, maybe sometimes on Tuesdays after a full moon, forgive people who deserve it. Now, that's not in the text. He said, so you must forgive others. Last two verses, Matthew 6, 14, Jesus said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. You can't find peace holding a grudge. You can't find peace. You can't move forward tied to unforgiveness. I understand the battle of forgiving people. I've been done wrong in my life since birth. I've had issues since day one. And I've forgiven people. And then that anger will come back. And I got to try to forgive them again. And it'll come back. Listen, I'm not telling you click your heels three times and it'll go away forever. I'm telling you this is a daily issue. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Well, I, I did it one time. That's like saying you washed your hands after you went number two one time. Like, that's like you, you asking your 11-year-old son, 
uh, did, did, you use, did you use soap in the shower? Well, I did last year. You got to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. If you don't forgive other people, no matter what you think about your relationship to God, Jesus said, your father's not going to forgive you. Don't play with this, church. Here's what I want us to do today. Because God's commanded us to be like him. And the Bible says he gives us new mercy every day. God wipe your slate clean any time you ask him to. He said if you just confess your sins, he faithfully just forgive you your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to take just a moment. And I want you, in whatever way you feel necessary, Whatever way you think will help. And I don't have a magic pill for you. But I know this. The first step to solving a problem is identifying it. And I just want you to take a moment. We're all going to take a moment right now. And I want you to ask God to help you get rid of whatever one of these things. Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, all types of evil behavior. Help you to be more kind and more tenderhearted. Help you to forgive somebody. I want you to wipe the slate clean today. Now, does that mean maybe an hour from now, those old feelings might prop back up again? I try to forgive her, but I can't forget it. Keep praying. Keep forgiving. Keep releasing. Keep letting go. Keep getting rid of. This is what God has commanded us to do. It's time for us to be everything that God wants us to be. And we can't be that until we get rid of these things. So right now, all across the room, I just want you to bow your head and I just want you to talk to God. I'm not going to drag you down to this altar, make you hold hands, pray a prayer after me. I want you just to bow your head right now and whatever it is that you know. If you're saved, God is speaking to you already. God has already identified to you what you need to get rid of. Let God right now show you what you need to ask him for help. God wants to help you. He said, call on me in your day of trouble and I will deliver you. Ask God right now to help you get rid of some things. Whatever it is you need to let go of, ask God. Whoever it is you need to forgive, wipe that slate clean. Maybe you have to do it all over again after lunch. Maybe you have to do it all over again tomorrow and the next day. But wipe that slate clean right now and tell God, God, I'm willing to get rid of my anger. God, I'm willing to get rid of my bitterness. God, help me to get rid of harsh words. God, help me to get rid of slander. Help me, God, not to be bitter. Wipe the slate clean for you and for everybody. Don't leave this place holding grudges. Don't leave this place holding anger. Don't leave this place with bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, any other evil behavior. Forgive the Bible says freely, you get, freely you've uh, been given, freely you receive, freely ought you to give. God gave us forgiveness. Forgive everybody right now. Some of you are going to have to go all the way back to your childhood and forgive somebody that hurt you early. Some of you are going to have to forgive the preacher. Some of you are going to have to forgive your spouse. Some of you are going to have to forgive your parents or your children. Some of you, listen, some of you are going to have to forgive yourself. Wipe every slate clean right now. Erase every balance owed to you. 
Let go of everything that is slowing you down. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. God said, get rid of it. God, we come to you with hurts and pain, heartaches, tragedies, love and joy. And we ask you, God, to reveal to us everything that we need to get rid of so we can honor you more. Reveal to us everything that we need to get rid of so we can be the people that you created us to be. God, I pray you would create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us. God, I pray that we would erase every debt, cancel every grudge, free us. Let us be free to love you, to serve you. Lighten our load, God. You said we can cast all our care on you because you care for us, God. I pray right now for each person in this room, Lord, some struggling with bitterness. Father, I pray that you would help them to let it go. Those struggling with rage, I pray that you would help them to let it go. God, those struggling with anger, I pray that you would help them to let it go. God, those struggling with harsh words, I pray that you would help them to let it go. God, those struggling with slander, I pray that you would help them to let that go. And every other evil behavior that we have, God, I pray that you would help us to get rid of it. You told us to get rid of it, God. We're your children. We're asking for your help, God. Guide us by your Spirit. Empower us to be free from these things. Release us, God, from these chains. Father, you've told us that the anointing breaks every yoke. God, I pray right now that the anointed one, Jesus the Messiah, would loose us from these chains that have us bound. Release us from these emotions, God, that cause us internal struggle and spiritual weakness. Father, I pray that you would glorify yourself. Help us to be kind to each other, to be tenderhearted, to forgive each other, God. We want to be who you want us to be. We want to do what you want us to do. God, we believe that it's time for us to put these things behind us so that we can let you shine through us so all the world would know that there is one God who is Jehovah, and we know him through his son, Jesus. God, I pray for everyone in the room who's unsaved that you would show them that you love them. Help them, God, to know that you have a plan for their life and draw them to a true relationship with you through your son. God, I pray that you would fill us with your spirit and empower us to go from this place freer than we came in, encouraged, lighten our load, and let us be thankful for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.